Welcome to the Ottawa Valley Sports Series podcast, your source for sport in the Ottawa Valley. My name's Noelle and I'm your host. Tune in on Tuesdays every other week as we interview local athletes, teams, coaches, sport organizations, and businesses who are continuing to empower and inspire the next generation of sport in our community. Hey, beauty enthusiasts, are you ready to elevate your beauty experience? Look no further than Phoenix Beauty in Petawawa. Phoenix Beauty is your one-stop shop for a complete beauty experience. From mesmerizing eyelash extensions to rejuvenating facials and the sensational girls' night out tattoo party, Phoenix Beauty has it all. Gather your squad and get ready for an unforgettable beauty experience with Phoenix Beauty in Petawawa. Visit Phoenix Beauty at 1027 Victoria Street or give them a call at 613-504-2258. Now back to the Ottawa Valley Sports Series podcast. In today's episode, I will be interviewing Steffi, the director and third generation co-owner of the Madawaska Canoe Centre. The Madawaska Canoe Centre offers whitewater canoeing, kayaking courses, as well as two hour long family and adventure rafting trips and is located south of Barry's Bay. Madawaska Canoe Center was the vision of Krista and Herman Kirkhoff, who both won the individual Canadian Whitewater Kayak Champion title in 1968. The couple were inspired to get more paddlers out on the rivers, so the creation of the Madawaska Canoe Center. Thanks so much, Steffi, for coming on the Ottawa Valley Sports Series podcast to tell me all about the Madawaska Canoe Center. I'm super excited to learn all about the courses you offer, the family and adventure rafting trips, as well as the history of how it all began. Thanks so much for having me, Noelle. It's it's awesome to chat about what I love to do and what I love to bring people to do. Ah, well, I'm so glad to have you on the podcast today. Um, we'll get right into it then. I, 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 I'm very curious because I, I saw on your website there's a bit of the history, but I would love to hear more about it. Totally. Um, so my grandparents immigrated from Germany in the 50s to Canada. And immediately, I feel like it's a bit of a classic German thing is like, you know, what's the class, what's the, they come in and they, and they want uh, wilderness experiences. And so for some reason, they got into whitewater kayaking, even if they immigrated to downtown Toronto. And um, they became part of the Ontario Voyager Kayak and Canoe Club oh. in the 50s. And with that club, learned how to whitewater kayak and canoe and, and came on so many weekend adventures. So my granddad um, did hardwood floors. That was his main gig. And my grandmother uh, was an accountant. And on weekends, they would go on adventures all throughout um, rural Ontario and Quebec to search for really beautiful rivers and they started to compete um, they were both on the national team they both became national champions and then my granddad even got to represent Canada at the Olympics in 72 at the Munich Olympics in 72 representing Canada Canada back in Germany which I think is kind of funny and cute oh, wow <laughs> that's so cool German family got to come see him uh, compete at the Olympics in Augsburg and uh, they all cheered him on over there and then it was right before the Olympics that he and my grandmother wanted to start this school so they started building um, and they chose the Madawaska for a whole bunch of reasons 
but but pretty much if if the school wasn't going to work it, this was just going to be their family cottage that they that they were building um and then they built the whole building and they were worried about um their amateur sports status as an olympian i guess back in the day they were way more strict about it i don't know too too much about it but that's what i heard is that if they, he was worried about making making money associated with kayaking so we built everything and then technically we were incorporated as Madawaska Canoe Camp in 1972 in August, right after the Olympics. Oh, and wow. the first course um, happened to be like, it, my granddad brought all of his competitors um, from around the world, all these slalom athletes, and those were the instructors. So um after the olympics who was like hey do you guys want some work after you know we're done racing then i kind of brought them all to barry's bay ontario um <laughs> to... that's so cool no that's amazing yeah. super hilarious so that was kind of the the first huzzah because it's a very small sport and it's a pretty complicated sport too um like it's a it's a it's hard to get into and so at that time, it was only the responsibility of clubs and passionate paddlers to teach people how to, you know, how to paddle. And so it was it was remaining to be a super small sport. And so my grandparents have done a huge amount of increasing numbers in our sport and widening um, who can you know, who learns how to kayak and, and also professionalizing kayaking to make it so that it's, um, there's like standards and safety and um, just having like a, a a community center, if you will, for whitewater kayaking and canoeing. That's really nice though. And it's, it's here in the Valley, you know, it's in Barry's Bay and you guys offer such incredible courses and, you know, kayaking, learning how to do all of these things. And we have the rivers for it. Like we're famous all around the world for having amazing whitewater, Ontario specifically because it's warm water. Like BC has amazing rivers and Alberta too, but they're cold, they're freezing cold because they're all glacial fed. So we have incredible whitewater and it's warm. So just obviously so much more fun and easy to play around in. The Ottawa River is really famous, and then all the rivers that flow into the Ottawa River. So the Petawawa, the Opiongo, and of course the Madawaska River. Wow. Yeah, that's it's very interesting. I didn't I didn't know that actually. The um that Alberta and BC, the water is so cold, and over here we're we're lucky enough for it to be warm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because we have so many lakes we, with the with the shield, like the granite shield that's in that's in Canada here. We have um our rivers are very specific um there we call it drop pool so we have a rapid and then we usually have a lake and then a rapid and a lake whereas um outside of the shield so in alberta and bc the rivers are more continuous so you'd have a river that's just one continuous rapid so the accessibility of it changes and of course the temperature of it like there's no time for the water to heat up as it does in a lake here. And the other funny thing about rivers here, um, as opposed to over there, is that we have so many more um, leafy trees, like deciduous trees in Ontario. And when they lose their leaves in the fall 
and they all go into the river system naturally and kind of make our water darker to kind of have like a steeped tea kind of effect in our river system and so our water's darker and this, that also helps with it getting warmer and we have no glaciers that's obviously the main piece but that's why <laughs> when you're looking at rivers in ontario and quebec versus rivers in alberta and bc you have like kind of the classic like turquoise look to the rivers in alberta and quebec and it's freezing and here we have kind of like like a like a tea colored water <laughs> i didn't yeah. i honestly didn't know that like i've learned so much already <laughs> um I yeah. Oh, it's very cool though. And and now you're kind of you're doing the director, uh, you're doing stuff now. And you you mentioned as well, uh, your mom was doing stuff for Madawaska Canoe. You suffered like thirty years. Yes. So my grandparents ran the company for ten years. Uh, got it off the ground. Kind of created the main like program that we still riff off of now it's like pretty much it's a very similar design um structurally obviously the german culture very like structured and efficient and i really find that um mkc has thrived off of that base um foundation and uh now like we're able to be creative with our courses a little bit more but the like the five-day course structure my grandparents created it um and then my mom kind of took it, um, took over when she was in her 20, early 20s. Her sisters were also very involved. Um, and then she fell in love with my dad and he was really stoked on it. He was actually a river guide as well, um, more of an expedition river guide in northern Canada for a company called Blackfeather. Oh, and then okay. dad likes to build. So he kind of just took what my grandparents had created and built a bunch of, you know, like, okay, well, people want to um, paddle and then they want to have kind of a comfortable experience. So he built a bunch of really nice, not really nice, rustic, rustic and comfortable, but just like allows it, um, the paddling experience to be more accessible to folks who don't want to camp. And if it's pouring rain and you had a really tiring day on the river, you know, you want to be able to sleep under a duvet. So, <laughs> so it's true now the resort, yeah exactly so now the resort has um like a bunch of different accommodations we have cabins and glamping tents and so that was kind of my dad's vision and then my mom added the weekend course uh so now we have five day and two day courses and and then with the help of my dad it was also one of our main instructors that added canoeing because originally my grandparents were just kayakers and then um they were like, oh, whitewater canoeing um, is a huge thing. And my dad was a canoe expedition guide. So when he kind of became part of the business, the whitewater canoe training um, came and, and we we're full of folks who want to do canoe expeditions and come here to get training to then go on these big expeditions. Because when you're here on a river where it's warm and especially when it's drop pool, so you have a rapid at the bottom, you have a big lake that you can kind of it's like just way less risk and hazard. You can make, you know, you can choose to be more, to take more risks on um, and challenge yourself more because you're not in a remote area and the water is just so much nicer to, you know, you're swimming down a rapid. It's like, woo, it's fun. It's not scary. Yeah. Um, yeah. You know how, if you know how. My mom and dad, yeah, they like, they ran the company for 35 years. Oh, wow. Wow. So, and the first course you were mentioning, 
your mom put together a five-day course. Is That was the first course? Yeah, my granddad, um, my grandma and grandpa, they started, so their names are Herman and Krista. So they designed the five-day course after um, European ski school phenomenon, uh, where like everyone comes and you divide them based on skill levels and goals and their past experience with the sport. And so you have kind of groups of three to six um, per instructor and they go on different places on the river or, you know, what they were thinking of on the ski hill, they go on different runs on the ski hill based on what their skills are. So then they were like, that's cool. Let's do that for rivers. Let's do that for kayaking and canoeing. So now that's a main part of my job is I, based on just a conversation with people over the phone when they're booking a course, I'm like, okay, what are you looking for? What's your past experience? Um, what are your, in- what are your, like, what are you nervous about? What are you excited about? And then I do my best to bring kind of these classes together and then um, pair them up with instructors that um, hit those goals and those characters the best in my, best, the best way that I can. Um, and so that five-day course structure was created by my grandparents and then um, maintained by my mom for 30 years. And it really is like still the best structure plan for how to learn the sport. Like the first morning we get everyone, if you're new to the sport, you come and you get, we get everyone um, uh, like geared up. We go through some safety stuff. We start on flat water. So you get acquainted with your craft and your gear um, and then just the simple strokes to kind of build that foundation in a more comfortable zone. So we're kind of, we're on a lake, on a nice, warm, uh, calm lake. And then once we get the basics, then we move on to um, what we call an outwash. So where a river comes into a lake and kind of pours into a lake, there are some really cool currents that you can play and explore in. Um, without having any risk of, of if you, if something goes wrong, you're not at the top of a rapid where you'll swim down a rapid, right? You're at the bottom of a rapid and and you're just in the lake. If you flip over and need to swim to shore, it's really simple. And then day two, we, um, get to run, uh, some simple rapids that our, our river section here, we're really lucky that it starts very mellow but still a rapid that you feel very accomplished after running it and then each rapid after that gets like a step up a little step up so if people have lots of experience coming in before then we can start further down in the river um but it's nice to kind of start at the top and then you can walk back from the bottom of every rapid back to our base camp um to okay whoo let's have lunch. Let's hang out. Who had the morning go? Wow. Our team here is amazing. And they, they have, they serve a delicious, like hot buffet lunch. And then we kind of hang out in the sun for a bit and then, okay, we're ready. We're refueled. We're going to go back out and maybe we can take on the next rapid. That's a little bit more challenging. That's cool though. Like all, it's like so well-rounded everything that you guys are offering. And I love that you know you can tailor whether like kind of where their experiences are at and it kind of makes it you know more people can come out you you're getting more participation I'm assuming totally yeah it's really fun we have started to design 
different themes onto the weeks to kind of get folks of this of a similar nature to um, the different weeks. So we, when when I was a kid, my mom wanted other kids for me to paddle with for, for myself and my sister. So she started family weeks. So now we have family weeks where um, we start kids at. We're sometimes we'll play around with six and seven year olds, but usually eight is the best age for them to learn how to become into like, you know, they can really like pull around a boat. Um, and so we kind of put divide people not only by skill and experience, but by age. And so the kids will be learning and kids learn totally differently than adults do. So it's really nice to have the kids in one class and then the adults um, learning what they need to learn as parents like they're like like it's so nice for parents and kids to come to a similar program but to be learning for themselves like each of them it's really special so like you know mom mom and dad are like learning uh, and developing their skills or mom and mom and, and dad and dad of course um and then uh the kids are all developing their skills and and then they come back and eat lunch together and then head back to the river. So there's like that check-in point. It's like, oh my God, like, did you run that rapid? And you're like, yeah, I ran that rapid. Whoa, I can't believe that you ran that rapid. That's crazy. And like, um, and then equally so like parents watching kids get so much better than them so much faster is really cute. Um, <laughs> and then back again for dinner and then we'll have evening sessions that are a little bit different. Like the adults evening sessions on dry land or like let's, let's talk about the physics of water and like water hydrology and morphology. And then, and then the kids are going to go play a giant game of capture the kayak, which is capture the flag, but instead you're capturing a kayak and that's hilarious. <laughs> they all get to stay in whatever accommodation they choose. So like whatever, some families are, are camping, some of them are in the glamping tents and just based on what they want to, how they want to spend their week. It's nice though, because you, you're, you're appealing to all ages, right? Like kids, adults, it's, it's nice. Everybody gets to be a part of learning a new skill. Exactly. And it's so satisfying to see, um, parents and kids learning at each of their paces, you know, like oftentimes you'll go and, you know, mom and dad are just like lounging, um, and the, and the kids are learning and they come back exhausted. But this one is like, okay, parents, you guys get to challenge yourselves kids they get to challenge themselves and they get to like talk about it and the the conversations at meal times are so endearing to listen to because it, it'll like you know like oh i tried this and it's just really cool to, to witness um parents and kids learning something at the same time it's really rare in my experience. Yeah, too. and you're they're making core memories too, right? Like, yes, they're learning a skill, but they're doing it together. Those are like the core and, memories that they're not going to forget. And my mom would be the one. So we we used to do uh, kids only programs and and not have parents. And my mom's like, it's like so not worth it because in order for a kid to really get into the sport of whitewater canoeing or kayaking, their parents need to at least know the basics of it. Um, if not be paddlers, right? So it's it's really nice to have it as like a family activity. Well, because then they get to all experience it, they all understand it, they they get to see more of the picture, right? Than just hearing yeah. about it. 
Yeah. And then the cool thing is like, let's say the kids are all separate and the adults are separate from the, in the learning progression, but then they come back together after the course to go on uh, a river trip all together. So then they get to be like, okay, well, my instructor said this. Oh, well, my instructor said this. And um, <laughs> they get to kind of review and apply it in whatever way that family wants to, whether it be a whitewater expedition or just swimming at a lakefront cottage, you know? That's nice though. They all get to, you know, discuss their learnings and go over different things. And it's nice. It's so cool. It's so cool. Yeah. Family weeks are super energizing, exuberant around here. I love it. Um, And then other themed weeks, we have seniors week, which everyone always laughs at. They're like, oh, how do people consider them seniors? I was like, well, I am the most inspired by seniors week because it's all the folks that have been coming out back here for ages and, um, you know, have like, just rock star kayakers that are like pushing upwards high 70s um which is so cool that's incredible to have like seniors coming out and kayaking like that's that's amazing yeah kayaking canoeing learning new sport or coming back to it um wanting just to paddle with other folks um on on a river that they're that they're used to so that's cool and just also because the resort allows for that much comfort and like food being cooked for you and stuff. So that's really special. So that's next week actually is our seniors week and it's full, full seniors. And they always make fun of me like, oh, we should change the name. And I'm like, well, something's working because everyone's embarrassed to call them a senior, but everyone still comes. So. <laughs> well, it's because there's actually something for them, right? And like you said, you guys feed them. It's, you know, it's a whole thing. It's so fun. Yeah, it's so fun. And of course, like if folks want to save money, they can cook their their own meals. There are like facilities, there's a, a big communal dish sink that um, if people want to practice cooking uh, at a campsite, um, that that's easy too. And, and, and you do save a lot of money with that. So that's a good way to still learn and get into the whitewater sport, but doing it on more of a budget. That's really cool. I didn't know you guys offered that either. Yeah, just we're we customize. It's really nice. Um, kind of get to know people and get to know what they want um, with the sport. Like, what are their specific goals with the sport? And we try and make it happen because we're just really started. We're just a bunch of people who love kayaking and love canoeing and just love playing and paddling in rivers. And I've learned everything that I know in my life or anything that I value knowing in my life is knowledge that I've gained from the river so it's Aww. really nice to share that um and I just find that it's a it's a beautiful thing to facilitate experiences in whitewater so that's why it's kind of nice to have themed weeks so that people feel like they can find community yeah and it's inclusive right mm-hmm. yeah what other weeks do we have um we have a slalom week so folks who want to kind of get back to the, the not the, well, the roots of Madawaska Canoe Center is, is more slalom based, but so slalom kayaking is the only white water sport that's in the Olympics. Okay. Um, and it's, it's like the race side of it where like you kind of weave in between these gates on the river. We have women's week, which is really lovely because um, we are definitely uh, a male dominated sport, like maybe most sports I would say, but um, we're, we're working on it. So it's really nice to have, um, we're, you know, just a bunch of, bunch of ladies out there on the river crushing. That's nice though. That's really good. 
I like that you guys are doing that. Yeah. It is because it is true. Like I, you said, you know, a lot of sports are male dominated and it is, it is true. There, there is a lot of sports for women though, which I'm happy and it's coming more and more, yes. but even like my sport, my sport is boxing and that's always been male dominated. Oh, yes. Yeah. So I, I, like, I understand, but I absolutely love when I hear, you know, that different organizations are putting together things to kind of pull in more women. Right. Yeah. And so it's, we just, on those weeks, if you happen to be women or non-binary on that week, um, you get a discount. Um, and so it just, and then all the instructors too, I plan that all the instructors are, are women on that week. So that's really special too, because a lot of um, a lot of the female instructors don't often get to instruct with a group of fifteen other female instructors, and that's that's really fun. <laughs> it is, and when you get all together, like even me, like I have like a women's I run a I run a women's program in the military for boxing, and it's just girls are so expressive, and it's so fun, and you get to learn together, and it's. It's great. It's really a great time. Yeah. So I completely understand what you mean, kind of, you know, getting all your instructors together. And it's it's a great time. Totally. Yeah. I love Women's Week. We have Women's Weekend, too. Oh, that's cool. That's cool. It's kind of fun because right now it's we're nearing the end of our season. And so I'm looking to next year and I'm putting all the dates on the different programs. I'm like, ooh. We also have Week of Rivers programs, which um, is really popular for folks from overseas, from Europe, from Australia, from New Zealand, um, and also from the States coming, um, or anyone really, but coming uh, to Ontario to experience the river. So we'll do like Monday here on the Middle Mad, and then the rest of the four days of the week are are um like whatever river kind of is has good water levels at that time of year and suits the group's goals and needs. Um, so we get to go to the Petawawa, maybe the town section, maybe the upper Petawawa, the Gull River, the Gatineau, the Ottawa main channel, middle channel. There's so many gorgeous day runs um, around our area. So that's a really cool week that I, I love. That's so true. It, it's nice that you're pulling, you know, people from all over to come and show them basically what the Ottawa Valley has to offer. Like, there's so many different areas, like you were just messaging, like Petawawa, Gatineau, like all these places where you guys are, you know, it's, there's so much. Yeah, we are a valley because of the rivers, you know, it's, it's sometimes it's, it's easy to forget that it's the rivers that made these valleys. And so it's a yes that's a very good point yeah yeah to be able to paddle them and you were mentioning so you guys are close to the end of your season when does it end like when do you guys go to we have programs until september 15 and okay wrap up um our regular season uh ends labor day so after like that those two weeks of the beginning of september are um school groups which um, it's always a little bit hard to hold on. Most of my staff are students or have, you know, seasonal work is always hard to staff the shoulder seasons because folks are like, oh no, I, my my next contract starts. Um, but I uh, really think it's important to stay open for the school groups to be able to get out on, on Whitewater. So we have two different high schools coming in September uh, okay that's exciting to do some, like, and are those just like I'm assuming they're just like local high schools 
No one. Well, I mean, what does local mean? I guess one's in Rosso, one Rosso, Ontario, and one's in Toronto. Oh, okay. So just pull from wherever's kind of interested. Yeah, whoever's so it's it's very based on the passion and motivation of their outdoor ed instructor, really, or their outdoor ed coordinator, program coordinator. Um, because taking thirty children camping and uh, whitewater <laughs> canoeing is no tiny feat. You really have to believe, want to be motivated <laughs> by like yeah, the you know understanding the value of it. So I want to make sure that we're there for those folks to be able to get their kids out on on whitewater. Because as I said before, like learning from whitewater is um, unparalleled. Like the lessons that you can pull from just being with a group traveling down a river is gorgeous. Yeah, I, I, I honestly, I have to get out to Madawaska Canoe because I would love to try it. I'm a little nervous, I feel. Um, but I would love to just try it just to get the experience and see what it's like. And I'm glad you said that because nerves, nerves are so real and nerves are good. Anytime you're doing anything new, I think it's normal to be super nervous. Our sport has a huge reputation of being for the adrenaline junkie. And I think that is misleading. The, the parallel that I always say is, um, is is biking so while you have mountain bikers that are hucking themselves off of 10 foot cliffs you also have grandma going to the grocery store and it's the same sport feasibly so here with whitewater you have giant waterfalls that people send but that's a very very small percentage of the paddling community and then there's all this other world of white water that doesn't necessarily have to be an adrenaline um, pursuit, right? It can just be like a gorgeous exploratory float down uh, moving water currents. And so, yeah, in this school here, we definitely believe in challenge by choice. So it's, you know, inform exactly what's going to happen. How, how do you cope with these hazards? What are the things that we do to keep everyone as safe as possible? And then everyone can decide for themselves, like what pursuit is best for them. Um, and the best example of that that I can think of is a rapid before. So reading water, it's very, it's very much a language. Like currents always move in the same way. Like water is very consistent in, in its patterns. So you can look at a rapid and you can know once you learn how to read currents you can know okay if my boat's here it's going to go here 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 and here and if i do this then i can put it here here and here right you can very much anticipate it and in one rapid there can be hundreds of different ways to go down that same rapid so you can go usually the middle is like what we call the meat like the biggest but you can skirt it you can go just down over the edge of it on the you know on the side of it closer to shore and it's so much more mellow um but at the end of the rapid, you've still run the same rapid, but you run it in an entirely different way based on your decisions. And then, of course, like every rapid, you can walk around the ones that are just too scary for you at that moment in time on that day. I didn't know that, though. That's kind of cool that you can kind of almost tailor wh- how you want to go down the rapids to your com- your comfort, I guess. Exactly. And your comfort would change. Like there's so many rapids that I've done and I'm so comfy with them. And then one day I'm just like, Ooh, 
I don't want to, that's a little too much for me today. So I'm <laughs> this route down. That's way more chill or, you know, I'm not going to surf this wave. I'm going to just pass by it and not, um, not, not be super challenged by it. And so there are so many different relationships with whitewater kayaking and canoeing and, and some of them can be as mellow as you want it to be. And of course, as intense as you want it to, because there are folks that are looking for that like intense thrill. Yeah, that rush. And that rush that that kayaking can also bring you because it's, yeah, it's exciting. Yeah, it's definitely something that I didn't, I, I wasn't aware of, you know, and I'm sure there's a lot of people like me that aren't fully aware of that either. And it's nice that we're, we got into this discussion about, you know, being able to go down the rapids in a different way where it's more comforting or, you know, to the level that you want, whether it's advanced or beginner, you know, like it's, and that's, that's something I'm glad that we're talking about because now everybody's going to know. <laughs> Sweet. And that's the other thing about our, our other program that we haven't talked about at all is, is rafting is that it's a way bigger craft um so it makes any rapids that it's going through feel a lot smaller so because we're a river that's great for learning how to kayak and canoe on our white water is not huge so when we're taking a raft on these kind of mellow rapids it's not the extreme white water rafting that everyone has perceives in their mind we're we're just a very accessible rafting trip so our two-hour rafting trip we take two-year-olds on our family rafting trip oh and um kind of like the main jam that goes rafting is like kids and grandmas and who are cottaging nearby or going through the area or you know like traveling to Algonquin Park and wanting to do something on their way back to Ottawa um and so it's quite a mellow it's like a you know if you have on the spectrum like roller coasters on one side and ferris wheels on the other side like in terms of rafting we're on the more ferris wheel side so our guides love to show people you know that just the experience of floating down a river and seeing um seeing the the trees pass by you and the sounds of the birds and right now we have a lot of really cool um wildflowers like riverside wildflowers growing in the on the banks and so that's like that's kind of our experience of rafting where is if people are looking for a more of an extreme rafting experience go go to owl rafting go go to the ottawa river and get the big the big bang splash but it's nice that you guys have you know a more i guess a calmer rafting or like a softer where more people can go you know because like you said i don't think a two-year-old or a an older person would like to go to a crazy rafting thing right so the fact that you guys offer that is nice and it's inclusive to more ages totally totally and it's so nice to have outdoor water-based activities to do with kids and um to do in the summertime with you know your parents uh, your elderly folks or whatever to like have an activity to yeah for sure for sure it's 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 so it, it's so nice just to have an activity that everybody can kind of do together right yeah oh my god and and i did have a question too i know that you guys you have different courses or certifications that you offer as well on top of like the kayaking courses and the canoe um, courses as well. Yes. So one of the main questions that I get at MKC is how do you find all these amazing instructors? It's like, well, we certify them. Like we train them. 
and they're passionate paddlers, just like, you know, any of our students. And we, um, like over the course of their paddling development at some point, it's like, Hey, like, would you ever be interested in teaching? Cause you love kayaking or you love canoeing so much. So, um, mostly in the spring, we'll do our kayak instructor course and our canoe instructor course. And, and they have, um, their respective certifying bodies that are Canada wide and also recognized internationally. So people come and, um, get certified here and then they can go and, and work, uh, in New Zealand in the off season, um, or in Chile or, um, yeah, all of like there's so many places where the paddling season in, in those countries are the exact opposite of the paddling season here. So a lot of our instructors will instruct here in July and our July and August, which is our busiest season, and then um, head to another hemisphere for the other seasons. That's really cool, though. <laughs> you know, coming I mean, that they can kind of, you know, the certifications that you offer, they can do it worldwide. Like they can go around go to a different place and come back that's really nice that you guys offer that yeah totally and we need to right because we have we we need instructors so we might as well train them um so that we have those instructor courses canoeing and kayaking um the other big ones that we do is a wilderness first aid course uh and so we we team up with a company called raven uh, rescue safety medical and they uh, we've worked with them for years and and they do really great training they love sending their instructors to teach here uh it's such a beautiful site so the first aid training is um, well it's a first aid course but with that lens of okay instead of just the you're going to do this until the ambulance comes it's like okay well you're going to do this and what are you going to do if you can only get an evacuation three days later how are you going to monitor a wound how are you going to stabilize a break um, how can you mobilize people who can't necessarily walk independently? Um, obviously, carrying is very hard. So what are our other options? And the wilderness first aid courses, they're really cool. Um, we're not necessarily in a wilderness. Like, we're in a wilderness area, but we're, like, we have road access. And the town's 15 minutes away. So it's, it's like a wilderness area that um, we can kind of theorize of being remote access in our first aid courses, which is nice. And then the other course that we do a lot of is a, is whitewater rescue courses. So specifically um, for any river professionals, so guides, instructors, um, uh, like scout leaders, um, even recreational paddlers. It's really important to know how to rescue when things go wrong in white water like what um if this goes wrong what are kind of the different things that you can do um, and it also really helps with your prevention knowing what can go wrong the other group of people who are really stoked on our srt is military and firefighters our courses are um, national firefighter protection agency or association nfpa i don't know what it stands for entirely but nfpa certified so they um you can it's 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 seen very good on a resume of a firefighter to have a, a swift water rescue technician certification and that's a three-day course that that we get lots of firefighters conservation um uh like staff folks um outdoor educators um 
military folks that are maybe going to work in water specific zones like maybe they need to travel people across um rivers or maybe working in a flood area or um yeah like vehicle rescues in in moving water like if something happened uh like breaking bridges whatever like so any swift water rescue skills are covered in that three-day three-day course um so that's in the spring and those are really really cool because it's nice to have folks here that are you know needing to get these trainings for their jobs it's it creates a bit of a different vibe here than kind of all of us that are just kind of playing around and and having fun in the river it's um cool to have a serious perspective on on whitewater as well yeah but it's it's also amazing all these courses that you offer are all super important and like people are learning real skill like real life-saving skills you know and it's it's amazing that you guys offer so many you guys have like those you just mentioned so many and i i had no idea that you guys offered all that yeah there you go and it, it's it's all the courses too that i require my team to have um like wilderness first aid rescue like a river rescue course and an instructor course so for me it just makes sense to offer it um here on site and then it's value for folks too that are um coming in from outside and then yeah for sure yeah. for sure and it, you're you know it's better that more people know all these things as well though oh my gosh you know yeah. like <laughs> you know the more of us that are educated in these things the better <laughs> yeah, water's water's dangerous right like it's it's it, it's dangerous and destructive and so it's really good to know that um search and rescue and uh yeah the emergency professionals are are trained um in a way that makes sense in a in a water environment yeah it's incredible no it's it's great that you're offering that for for your instructors which is super important but also you know give giving the opportunity for you know public and like you said military and firefighters like that's great it's amazing for our community as well mm-hmm mm-hmm now I was I was gonna get into a little bit. Do you guys have any plans for the future? Like you guys are already doing so much. I feel <laughs> there's so many different things you guys offer. But is there anything you're looking to expand in the future or even next season? Yeah, so much. I um I love being creative, and especially with like the guiding force of how to um bring more people to fall in love with the river. Um, and all the good things that kind of come around that, that's really my, my guiding mission. So, um, new this year and it's coming up in a few weeks is, uh, a festival. So we started a river festival. We're calling it Mid Mad Fest for Middle Madawaska River Festival. Oh, that's and cool. It's welcome for, uh, to everyone. We, um, have been working with a lady who is from the Algonquin Nation, Algonquin Madawaska Rini, and she um, has been working with us on training. And, and she was like, "Oh, like for the end of the season, can can we do a closing ceremony with an elder?" Like I like this, that's amazing. Her, yeah, so one of her, one an elder in her community, uh, she's like, "I really want to share this with her, and I really think it'd be beautiful to have a ceremony." So she's gonna come in and do a closing gratitude river ceremony uh, for the end of our season, part of Mid Mad Fest. There's gonna be four different bands playing. 
and my kitchen team had a panic panic attack they were like no there's no way we could feed everyone and I was like okay okay we're gonna get a food truck in and so anyone who's here because we also have uh, a full day of rafting that day and it's the Thursday like so the fourth day of our five-day course so like we're not shutting down for this so my kitchen team was like ah I was like no 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 don't (laughs) just focus on like the main folks that are here and then uh, anyone on Midmatch Fest is going to, we, we brought some local chip trucks in, some food trucks. Um, and what else is happening? We're going to have some river river experiences. So there's one cool activity that we can do that kind of cross. It's a competition, but it crosses lines of skill. It doesn't really matter how good you are. It's a team. Like So on every team, there has to be you know, a beginner, an intermediate, advanced paddler on every team. And then you're responsible in your whole team to bring this giant yoga ball down the entire river without um, it kind of like basketball. If you can't travel with it, I have air quotes. You can't see me, but you can't travel with it per se. Like you have to like pass it back and forth and you have to dribble it in the river and kind of push it with your <laughs> canoe and this sounds really fun (laughs) that'll be really silly and goofy and then um so that'll be the ball race that'll be on uh thursday like kind of late morning and this is september right you said september it's august 31st so we um we run um our five-day courses only up until the end of august and i can dive into that theory in a second but it's um it's mostly with the dam um the ontario power generation uh controls the water releases and they for so my grandparents created kind of this agreement this madawaska river watershed agreement that um there will be water to recreate on until the thursday before labor day and uh the Tuesday after the May long. So from the Tuesday after May long to the Thursday before Labor Day, um, this is a really special thing. So I guess it goes back to, if you're okay to kind of go off course here. Oh, no, no. Yeah, completely. Um, Curious. Back to when my grandparents were starting, they wanted to start a kayak and canoe school. Originally, it was a kayak school. So my grandparents wanted to create a kayak school on, on a whitewater river. And they were looking around all these rivers in Ontario and they loved the Madawaska River. But as the summer went on, there wasn't enough water in the system. Um, so it was like great during May and June, but like July and August, it just, the river started to get a little too dry. Um, at the time, there was uh, a, a man, Mr. Hearn, who lived and worked at the dam, the Ontario Power Generation, Bark Lake dam at the headwaters of the middle Madawaska. And my grandparents kind of met him, met him, became friends with him because they were paddling downstream of the dam all the time. And one day they asked, hey, um, what's the amount of water that needs to go downstream? And he said, 10 CMS, 10 cubic meters per second, needs to go downstream for Arn Pryor's sewage system and Arn Pryor's uh, power generating station, but mostly the sewage system actually. And so that was the lowest they would ever bring the river is 10 CMS. And my grandparents were like, okay, well, if an average of 10 CMS needs to go down, would it change anything? Cause you're here anyways. 
to give us 20 CMS during the day when we want to paddle and then five CMS overnight when we don't want to paddle. And then it averages out to 10 CMS. Hmm. And he was like, yeah, there's no problem. There's absolutely no problem in doing that. <laughs> and so, oh, wow. okay, that's really cool. So if that's a thing, then we can create a school because we know that 10 CMS always needs to go down and 20 CMS is a perfect level for people to paddle in. And so that um, started to become a part of a river, Madawaska River Management Plan. My mom is actually the one that brought in the Ministry of Natural Resources and the, the Department of um, Fisheries and Oceans to make sure that the fluctuating of the water daily wasn't affecting negatively the fishery and the ecosystem downstream and upstream. Um, and so they they put in some more parameters. So in the spring, they aren't allowed to fluctuate it um, much at all because the ecosystem is a lot more fragile in the spring when everyone's you know getting born. <laughs> all of all the fish, whatever the fish are spawning and all the eggs are vulnerable. So in the spring, everything's very a lot more vulnerable. Um, and so they can't fluctuate it. So after the water is at a certain temperature, uh, as in warm enough, then they can they fluctuate the river. So we have guaranteed paddleable, recreational paddleable flows for the end of June or for pretty much June, July, and August. Wow. So there's never been a time like where, you know, a paddling school can talk to a prospective student in December, let's say, and say, yes, I know that I can give you a course in August because the dam needs to send down 10 CMS of water even in a drought, they'll start draining the lake above. So it's a reservoir anyways. It's like a, it's, it's a reservoir. It's designed to, to feed the Arn prior sewage system. Um, and so, yeah, it's kind of the one time where recreational sports and industry has, and, um, and natural resource management has all been able to kind of come together to come to an agreement and say, hey, this is good for everyone. Let's put it into policy and keep it so that Madawaska Canoe Center can make plans to be able to have, I mean, today we have 300 people going down the river. Um, just this, these seven kilometers we're facilitating so many people's experience down this little section of river that we wouldn't be able to plan for if it wasn't with this agreement right now because we have a very rainy summer we actually have way more so as soon as there's more than 20 cms coming in to the riverbed then they don't need to fluctuate at all so we just have constant whatever like whatever the natural flow would be in the currents um is what we have at the moment which at the moment is 55 cubic meters per second so it's, it's quite high because we've had such a wet summer yeah, it really has been really wet this summer, but that's amazing that, you know, everybody was able to come together and kind of, you know, make everything work. Like, it's incredible to hear that. It's amazing to to know of the skill, like the diplomat skill that my mom had 
of bringing people together. And the thing, because people, I do not envy the position that Ontario Power Generation is in our world because they manage flooding of all of Ontario. They manage all the water. And that is such a huge responsibility. And they have so many, so much data and like data, data titians and like people who are looking at them all the time and making all these decisions, like huge decisions. It's like, okay, well, do we flood this person's house or this person's house, right? Like they have to make that decision. So there's often a lot of people who are mad, right? Like they're like, oh, well, this, why is person upstream of the dam not getting flooded, but my house is getting flooded. It's like, well, they can't flood upstream of dams because then the dam would flood and it would damage the dam. And, um, And so my mom was really able to bring people who were lamenting um, the decisions that OPG was making into the decision-making room as a part of this Madawaska River Management Plan. Um, And and so, because I don't know, when people feel involved and when people are involved and people are educated and like, hey, these people aren't just flooding the river willy-nilly. Like they're flooding because they, it's like, they need to like they they've they've considered their options they've they've weighed it all and they need they need to unfortunately choose yeah they have to make a decision right yeah unfortunately this year it's it's this part of the river that needs to flood so anyways yeah my mom my mom's amazing and and so i i'm really really proud of the madawaska river management plan too especially um with all the monitoring of the ecosystems that gets done like we we monitor the temperature of the river on a daily basis uh to make sure that um it's everything's good everything's good and and we also work with water rangers um who have they send out like they call it citizen science which is so amazing they send out like water test kits for anyone who lives on a body of water or recreates or plays on a body of water and they empower people to test it um to test the transparency the oxygenation the um the like acidity all these different kind of test points and then you log it in so that there's some data points to know what the status quo is of rivers and lakes in our area so that if anything were to change they would have information yeah like the details of everything that's that's really nice though that they're doing that and you're able to check those things as well and keep all that information yeah so we we try and take care the most as possible of our river that is our lifeline yeah, for sure, for sure. Not our river, I shouldn't say that. It's the river. The Madawaska River is our lifeline. <laughs> Long to anyone. Um, yeah, so last but not least, I would love to know your story. And like, I know you're super passionate about paddling and, you know, just based on kind of having our conversation today, I can feel that. But I would love to know, like, what got you into it? I'm assuming like, you know, this has been like a family thing. Um, but like, when did you start? Were you really young? Have you ever competed? Yeah, great question. Um, I grew up obviously around the water. So I grew up here in the summertime and playing around in rivers. I was always really nervous of the river and whitewater scared me. Kayaking was introduced to me as uh, a competitive sport. So because that was the relationship. So 
we kind of talked about how my grandparents were Canadian champions. Well, so was my mom and all of her sisters. And so was my sister. And so then there was a little me like, oh, I am scared. (laughs) (laughs) And I never was motivated to train competitively in slalom kayaking. Um, So I paddled, I learned how to paddle, but it was kind of reluctantly until I was about 14 and I was here at MKC in the dining hall and um, the woman who owns an expedition canoe guiding company called Blackfeather was happened to sit next to me and she was like oh like how do you like it here how do you like kayaking I was like I hate it <laughs> she was like oh well do you like canoeing I was like I love canoeing <laughs> it's not competitive it's chill it's exploratory it's um it's not scary because you're not kind of there's a, definitely a feeling, a little bit of a feeling of an entrapment in kayaking where you have your spray skirt that kind of attaches you to the kayak. And um, at 14, it just like really frightened me. And she's like, okay, well, do you want to work for me instead of your parents? <laughs> Pretty much. And then, <laughs> like, uh, maybe. And then it was that winter I was back in high school and I did my outdoor ed canoe trip. Um, and I think this is really poignant because even growing up in a very whitewater family, I didn't fall in love with whitewater or paddling or even the outdoors until I was introduced to it in more of like an independent, this is kind of my thing way. Like before it was like, oh, this is a weird thing that my parents do. Um, whereas when I was in outdoor ed, I was like, oh my God, this is something that I'm just like happened to be kind of good at because I grew up doing it and I can teach my fellow classmates and um I became kind of like a like one of the one of the youth leaders on the canoe trip um and I was like oh my god I swear I got offered a job to do this as a job (laughs) next summer and so then I remember reaching back out to Wendy who was the owner of Blackfeather Adventures and I was like hey are you for real like can I can I be a wilderness canoe guide and so at 15, I joined her apprentice program and started uh, going on on some pretty epic expeditions as like a 15-year-old assistant. Um, so that included some sea kayaking adventures, some canoe, whitewater canoe trips on the Des Moines, the Coulombs, the Petawawa. And then the next wow. year, I kind of, pa- I guess, passed uh, the apprenticeship and got to guide up in the Northwest Territories for seven years um, wow taking, taking people down rivers down gorgeous canyons and rivers and it, wow that sounds amazing yeah I learned I learned so much I pretty much grew up uh on rivers and so that took me kind of that was my summers through university and then I I injured myself and I do blame the injury on trying to prove myself as a young female guide. Um, I had two overuse shoulder injuries from like just lifting two heavy things, like not, you know, not taking care of myself. And so, yeah, which I think is definitely a thing in the guiding culture a bit is, is um, you're kind of expected to, to serve and cater to um, and not sometimes looked at as, you know, a, a human that has needs as well. And especially being young, I just didn't 
set boundaries at all. I was just like, oh yeah, I need to be the best guide ever. And I need to carry everyone's stuff all the time. And so then, but it ended up being awesome because then I came home, which was Madawaska Canoe Center. So I was really sad because I had these double shoulder injury and I couldn't even shampoo my own hair. And oh my goodness, home to Madawaska Canoe Center. And mom's like, hey, I need help in the office. Like, can you help in the office? I was like, sure, that's something I can do. Yay, I feel kind of helpful still. And then I was like, wow, this place is cool. So now, seven years later, I kind of could see this place from a different perspective um, after recreating independently as like my own human um, on, you're going to be able to hear my cat. Sorry, there's some yeah. <laughs> It's all good. Um, yeah, so I was this independent paddler um, guide coming back and seeing my parents' company, Madawaska Canoe Center, through new lenses. And I was like, oh, my God, this place is amazing. I can, um, I can, like, canoe and kayak on a river. And then after my whole day of paddling, I could eat like restaurant quality food and stay in a nice warm bed. <laughs> <laughs> so then, yeah, then I came back here and, and then I started managing Madawaska Canoe Center at a time where my mom was just starting to get a little tired um, and really loved my energy and stoke. And she was like, okay, I want to support you um, taking over this because clearly you want to. And um, my mom and I have never had like a super cruisy relationship, like classic mother daughter. Like it's just, I feel like we're just really similar. Like we're really intense and kind of stubborn and passionate. And um, so we it's just, it's always been like kind of like an intense relationship. So we were like, okay, well, we both really value Madawaska Canoe Center. We don't want our fiery dynamic to affect that negatively. So we hired we hired a coach we hired a um like a business coach a transition coach and she was absolutely amazing and really helped us define how the transition could go healthily and and then here we are now whereas it's this is my sixth season um wow i mean Madawaska canoe center and so it's kind of interesting for me to note that i think last year was the first year where um there was no one on site who had ever worked for my mom. It's <laughs> like, oh, you, oh, I'm the only boss that you've ever known at Madawaska Canoe Center. That kind of hit me weird. Because <laughs> time flies, right? And really if flies. people move on and go to different places, like you said, like different contracts going here and going there. But I mean, it time flies. Yeah, yeah. And so I have, I have an amazing team and I'm so grateful. And yeah, we just love love the river, love living on the Madawaska River, and love bringing people to the Madawaska River to learn how to, how to, how to be in love with whitewater and how to navigate whitewater. It's a really incredible concept. Oh, well, I'm so, I'm so happy that I've been able to talk to you uh, today and just kind of go over all these things and share this all with the community. I appreciate you coming on the Ottawa Valley Sports Series podcast. It was a pleasure to speak to you and learn more about you, Madawaska Canoe Center, and all the services you guys offer in the programs, as well as the fascinating history that, you know, I'm 
I don't know if too many people know about it. I sure didn't. I knew a bit, but it was nice to kind of, you filled in all the gaps and I really enjoyed it. Thanks so much for reaching out, asking great questions and helping people be in contact with sports in the area. It's a, it's an amazing service that you, you are passionate Thank about. Thank you. Thanks so much. Nice meeting you. Thanks. Yeah, and for those listening and wanting a bit more information, where can they find more information? I'm you have your website and uh, you have social media pages? Yeah, yeah, Instagram we're Madawaska Canoe. Canoe is spelled funny uh because my grandparents are German and that's the German way of spelling kayak actually or or saying kayak. So K A N U is kayak. Oh, interesting. So funny. Yeah. Um so Madawaska Canoe and yeah, we're on Twitter. Don't love don't love Twitter, but Instagram's fun. So we're on Instagram and Facebook, obviously, and then um yeah, keep in touch. Okay. Uh well thanks so much. I really appreciate it again.